Welcome to the Team Clear Coat Podcast. This is an automotive enthusiast podcast by two car nerds. We love cars. We love talking about cars. We love yelling at each other about cars. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. And this is our show. Hey, Ian. Hi, Dave. Uh, third time's a charm, buddy. Wow. Yep. All right. Guess who forgot to hit record? Yeah, that, that would be you. All right. Well, <laughs> Ian? Yeah. So, uh... It's Dave, who remembered to hit record this time. Oh, Jesus. And me. And then we have Greg Welch here as well from Uncircarding and Events. Hello, Greg. How are you guys today? Great. Excellent. Excellent. When we remember to hit record, we're doing good. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Greg, do you want to tell us a little bit about um, who you are and Uncir? Yeah. So, I work at a, at a really cool company on the north side of Denver called Uncircarding and Events. It is an indoor go-kart track where, uh, where you can come and, you know, just, just do go-kart racing and we have a restaurant, a bar and game room and all kinds of cool stuff there. But my job there is I run the, uh, performance division. So basically it is a full service kart shop and I, I sell service racing go-karts and, uh, and operate a race team that, that, you know, travels the country and competes in go-kart races. Okay, so there's like 90 things from what you said that we want to get into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First of all, Ian and I love go-kart racing. We love Unser. And it, I mean, yeah, we can't stop ourselves from going to Unser. It's so great. We have such a great time karting. Yeah, yeah. And they do really great events like the, the endurance racing. and The, the tilt uh, events. Yeah, the all... Tilt events are cool. Yeah. yeah. I just did the all-you-can-race uh, New Year's Eve one. Okay. Um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but so I'm, I am interested though in the, the other side of it. Cause I know you guys do, uh, the, what you do, the, the race carts. Um, and is that mostly down at, in Centennial at the track or do you, um, have other locations that you provide carts to or? Yeah. So, I mean, all, all of it is for outdoor racing. So basically right. everything I do, we can't actually use the go-karts uh at oh Unser. okay at the um, indoor track yeah. exactly okay. but you know we we have uh there's three outdoor tracks uh in the front range area and actually four um there's one up north uh up in erie there's one actually at bandemer speedway there's centennial there's one in the springs uh we got another one in grand junction so there actually is oh, a lot wow. of tracks uh in the state to to go outdoor kart racing at Okay. What's your what's your favorite what's your favorite course? Or uh, or should you not say to keep things politically <laughs> correct? No, no, it's all good. Uh, in Colorado, uh, my favorite track is the track that's down in Colorado Springs. Oh, okay. Um, and the the place is it's in Callahan, which is an hour east of the springs. I mean, this the, the oh, place wow. is a hundred miles from Monster. It's in the middle of nowhere. Wow. It's like the cart version of High Plains Raceway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Except except it's probably been there for. 25 years and uh and it's just this you know tiny super technical track that's just a blast to drive okay that's that's really cool yeah so so let's talk about racing outdoor carts some more right i mean yeah so yeah there we go i've never raced outdoor have you i have raced at the track in centennial okay so uh just not the shifter carts just the stock whatever they have on a daily basis okay that i've driven off the track and into mud and spun (laughs) and gotten very dirty yeah Yeah. so a large part of this uh podcast is us talking about getting into motorsports and kind of dipping our toe into like multiple little trying trying different stuff out so you know, how would one go about getting started in like the next level up from arrive and drive indoor karting? Yeah, I mean, you know, once you realistically the the basic rental carts that all the outdoor tracks have are very similar to the rental carts that we have at Unser. Um, okay. I actually personally I enjoy the indoor stuff more because you're taking uh, you're taking that go-kart and you're putting it on such a small, tight track that it mm-hmm. ends up right. feeling like you're going a lot faster than you are. Yeah. Whereas when you take that go-kart and you put it on an outdoor track with 600-foot-long straightaways, that go-kart doesn't seem you know, quite as exciting. But when we, when we transition out of that and you get into kart ownership uh, you know, where, where you have s- something that's, I guess, faster is the best way to put mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, I mean, I'd say that like the absolute slowest go-kart we have that we would use as like an entry level for someone getting into it 
is probably going to go 60 to 65 miles an hour on most go-kart tracks. Dear Lord. That's crazy fast. Yeah. Awesome. With your butt an inch from the ground. Yeah. yeah. As the slow, as the slow. Yeah. That's the slow. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I think I might just turn into it. Like I'd sit in it and then just <laughs> explode in a gingery mist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I could handle something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so let's talk about scales up from there. Like what? Like let's go nuts with it. Yeah. So uh, what what my shop focuses mostly on is uh, is single speed, two cycle. Okay. Um, you know, engine is like you know, Rotax is is a brand. IME is a brand, but single speed, two stroke motors on okay. on race chassis. Most of them make right around thirty horsepower. And the cart and driver combined weight will be under 400 pounds. Awesome. So okay. it's a good power to weight ratio. Yeah. For sure. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. And then if you want to get crazier from there, we have six speed shifters. They use a Honda 125 makes, you know, almost, almost 40 horsepower, same weight as the single speed. Oh, wow. wow. So, and I would assume the power delivery is quite a bit different. And yeah, I mean, the fact that you're adding six speeds to it yeah absolutely yeah. um the, the single speed go-karts if anything they're harder to race wheel to wheel because if you make the mistake or you know if you just lose the momentum you know uh-huh. trying to pass somebody it's really tough to get it yeah. get it back get yeah. it going again whereas with the shifters you know you can kind of throw it in there uh-huh. and drop an extra gear and you can sure. you can get on as far as actually driving them i mean the shifters are a handful yeah absolutely i remember like a friend of a friend a long time ago knew somebody that had a shifter cart and they said like 99.5 percent of humans like don't possess what it takes to drive a shifter cart at its actual limit <laughs> like do you think that that's true at all i i honestly i could see it yeah okay. yeah i mean you know i grew up racing and okay so i started driving when i was seven so it's been 20 years now in kart racing so i've done this my whole life most of the people that i am close to my good friends they've done it their whole life so, okay you know yeah my circle of friends 95 percent of them can drive it to okay. its limit okay but, but you run in on a, on a general pop yeah maybe okay okay yeah huh Greg, I'm glad you brought that up. The age at which you started, okay? Because I have a I have a very young son at home. Uh, okay, he's like 19 months. So I am too young. Sorry. Damn it! <laughs> Get out of the blanket for it. <laughs> um, but what at what age do do people start their kids off at in karting? And is it a way for me to convince my wife that I also need to go? <laughs> Because you're, you're gonna, now a marriage counselor too. That, that is all now on your resume. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> There's not like a, a buy cart, get other cart free punch card. <laughs> no, but I mean, is there is there a benefit, really, honestly, to to father son sort of like you you know uh, we're both going to go racing sort of thing? Do you see that often? You know, a- absolutely. So so. <laughs> Ian, you can stop there. I'm just going to cut that out. Ship it off. I'm buying a go kart. Sorry, go ahead. No, but before I came to Unser, my my parents actually owned a cart shop in Denver, a cart manufacturing business, actually for t- twelve years or something before oh, wow. they retired. But the, that was actually the way my dad always sold go karts to people. Is I was 16, 17, working in the go kart shop, right? And someone would walk in and say, "Hey, is this a good thing to do with my kid?" And my dad would just point at me and say, "That's my seventeen year old son, and what he wants to do on the weekends is go to the go kart track with me and mm-hmm. race." He didn't actually drive; he was a mechanic. But okay. Okay. you know, it is. It first and foremost, it's a family thing. Absolutely. Ian, you can't fulfill the mechanic role. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> I, I'll come along. All right. I'll, I'll be uncle mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a terrible mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so let's, let's talk more about, um, like, uh, like racing leagues or like, ha- like the structure that's around like this kind of involvement from like somebody that wants to get into it more from uh coming from like you know let's say they've raced indoor a bunch of times right and now they want to take it outdoors and get you know and take it to that next level what does that kind of look like for a single speed cart yeah um so it starts with there's there's basically three levels of cart racing there's there's a club level 
there's a regional level, and then there's the national level. Okay. And the national level stuff is crazy. I mean, it's, it's a lot more serious than a lot of car racing. Um, whereas the club level stuff is the true grassroots, you know, the guys went out, they bought a go-kart on Craigslist or they bought a used uh-huh. cart, you know, consignment cart from my shop, something like that. And it's the dad and the kid or the mom and the kid or the mm-hmm. husband wife team. And they're just out there doing it. They don't know what they're doing, but they're doing it and they're having fun. So, okay. Um, that but, kind of sounds like everything Ian and I do. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> We're talking our language. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the club racing, I mean, most people spend, you know, a couple years doing club racing and, mm-hmm. and really kind of getting a feel for it. And club mm-hmm. race, it's, it's not, it's not really that expensive to do it at a, at a, you know, on a small scale. Okay. Um, yeah. Give me some, some rough, super rough figures. Let's yeah. talk brass tacks. <laughs> brass tacks. I'd, I'd say if you spend somewhere between two, two and 4,000 on a good used go-kart, mm-hmm. that'll get you the go-kart. You'll need, you know, basic tools, some other small bits and pieces to go with it just to have what you need to go racing. But as far as race days go, um, there's normally a $75 entry fee. You mm-hmm. need fuel, tires. Tires are a couple hundred dollars a set, but if you're just doing club races, you can get two races you know, and some practice days on a set of tires. So the consumables budget is is considerably less than like sports car racing. It is. Yeah, autocross or track days, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually had a quite a few customers that switched to go-karting from autocross. Oh, yeah, let's get into that um, <laughs> So a lot of the guys were saying, you know, now these guys ended up doing karting on a fairly high level. They mm-hmm. kind of did, you know, regional stuff, traveled around the state, sure. got fairly serious in it. So a lot of the guys were saying they were spending close to the same that they spent on an autocross deal, but the wheel-to-wheel. And yeah, yeah. They, they loved, and then the, even just the performance of what they were driving and okay, if you're doing autocross so on a budget, you're probably, you know, putting your daily driver on the line sort mm-hmm. of thing, too. So there's that to consider yeah. as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're talking used Honda Civic money. <clears throat> yeah? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I always quantize uh, dollar figures in used Honda Civics. Okay. In, in my <laughs> mind, that's about $3,000. Like, you think like a Craigslist Honda Civic that would pass emissions, like it's not great, but it's about three grand, right? Yeah. You know? So like, yeah. Oh, like, well, that Nissan GTR, that's, you know, 17 Honda Civics. Yeah. yeah. You, go to, you go to Times Square when Dave's in charge and it's just going to be like the ticker, like the stock, the stock ticker. And it's just going to be like the Honda Civic. Uh, uh, index is up today. <laughs> yes, yes. Dow's Dow's Civic something stock terms. The sure, Dow, the Dow is down fourteen Civics today. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, Greg, driving it home. Yeah, yeah. landing it. Oh God, <laughs> Ian. It's been a while since we've done this. It really has been. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Um, so let's see here. So what what should we get? So let's talk about your racing history. And so you came up through club racing. And let's let's talk about your racing career. So I I started racing with my brother. I have an older brother. Okay. Um, and we started racing at the same time. So I was um, seven, eight, something like that. He There's was, no know, way that you could be competitive in that venue. <laughs> uh, so in my in my very first race, I finished last. Oh, okay. Um, and my brother finished right in front of me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it was a very solid start for the Welch brothers. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, we spent three years racing in Colorado before we kind of branched out and started going and doing some other things. And it got to the point where we were racing uh, 30 times a year and wow. going all over the country and and uh, even down to, you know, Canada and Mexico sometimes to do races. And Whoa. We, got, we got pretty serious into it for sure. Okay. All right. So mixed success along the way. Yeah. yeah. So did you did you step up to like the formula type stuff or? Um, I've had tests, <clears throat> so okay. I've driven stuff. But yeah. um, I, you know, race racing's tough. It's tough to make it. Yeah. Um, and it's the kind of thing where you know, at least with all the tests I did, I'd do the tests. They say, "Oh man, you were, you were so fast. So this is what it costs." And you're like, "Ah, can't do that." Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you know, but. There are a lot of guys that that have had you know had the opportunity, but but for so many of us out there, karting is where where we can afford to go racing on a large scale, sure. and we can't afford to go past it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, the I want to ask the opposite question now of the one I asked before of 
of uh, when to get into it. Am I too old and fat to start <laughs> and like actually get into some sort of competitiveness? No. So we have we have we have classes. Okay. You know we have classes for uh, for the guys that are you know old and and fat and yeah. You know, just got into it. So all right. Um, I, you in class? Okay. You in class? All right. I, we have we have customers. I, there's guys in their sixties doing this. Okay, like novices in their yeah, 60s? absolutely. Okay. That's awesome. You know, they've been okay. doing it for five or six years and loving it. That's that's really cool. Yeah. All right, good. And, and yeah, we started we started them at five, so I'd say there's probably a 65-year window for <laughs> go-karts. All right, I'm smack in the middle of it. I like it. You're going to have like a countdown ticker until Nico turns five. Like yeah. you are, you're going to be chomping at the bit for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so beyond karting, what other kind of racing have you done? Or just like uh, race driving, track days, autocross, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I've never, I, yeah, I guess I've never actually competed in an automotive race outside of, of karting. Okay. Um, but I, I've had a chance to drive a few different race cars down at, at uh, PMP, down at Pueblo. Oh, wow. And then out at High Plains. So I got to drive like Spec Miatas and oh, Formula cool. Ford. Um, uh, like Acura RSX, Mazda three. So I've I've gotten in some some cool cars. Wow. Okay. Um, but never never like the the higher end uh-huh. uh, Formula car stuff, which is something that I still want to do. Oh you know, yeah. Like a like a pro Mazda car or a Atlantic car or something on on that level would be really fun to drive. That sure, would be amazing. Yeah. 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 Um. Autocross, track days, anything like that? Do you do you do anything else? Never been to. A, I've never even seen an autocross happen in oh, person. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, uh, track days, yeah. Uh, I I like to take my my street car out to high plains from time to time. Yeah. Uh, and try not to break it, which uh-huh. I normally do. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Have you actually broken your car on a track day? Yeah. Uh, the last the last time I did a track day with the with the mini, it came no back way. on a trailer. Oh, what happened? It not the major, but just blew up the seals that held that hold the intercooler in place. Oh, okay. And okay. Uh, when that happened, the bypass valve open, close, open, close, and yeah. it sounded like oh. it was catastrophically coming apart. I would assume, so yeah. We put it on a trailer. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, that's so demoralizing. <laughs> yeah, the, the the race. I've had a race day end up in a trailer, and it's it's the worst feeling ever. And it was also not something super bad, but. I would like to point out that the Saab owner of all people has <laughs> gone to up. the track and autocross several times and driven the car home. Yes. It's probably on fire in the driveway right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey. Yeah, so I took my I took my Volkswagen ice racing, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I took it ice racing, and it took it chose that time <laughs> up at Georgetown Lake. Yep. It chose that time to, uh, like spit out its alternator so i had i ran out of electricity about five <laughs> miles out of georgetown so that was an expensive tow home yeah, yeah. Yep. you can't just put the clutch in and coast the rest of the way no it, they said it was all downhill they were fucking lying <laughs> it's not true there's a, there a lot of uphills yeah. Yeah. i was mountain biking at uh three sisters one time and i broke my chain on my mountain bike at the top of the hill oh that's miserable and it was all downhill to get to the car but like there were a couple sections where like you start to slow down and like scootering it like <laughs> kicking the dirt like come on just get back to the goddamn car yeah exactly yeah um let's see so i want to talk uh your 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 car history because it's yeah. always interesting okay. to me yeah. like, people who do racing a lot of times sometimes they, they seem to be up to like two thoughts sometimes they want to like have fast road cars and other times they just want like you know they're like oh, i can't get the same thrill on the street so i'm not even gonna bother sort of thing uh, which I always find fun. Can you hand me the blanket port messaging system so I don't forget what I want to talk about after this? Yeah. Thanks. Is it, is it a penis? Yeah. No, it's not. Uh, yeah. That's usually what we get thrown on that. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so what's your what's your car history like? Uh, I've had a lot. Yeah. I've had a lot of cars. Uh, typically, I like the different. I like the things that you don't necessarily see every day. Yeah. I mentioned earlier I drive a Mini now. That is by far the most you know, normal, actually daily drivable car that I've had. My first car um, was a 1971 Saab. No way. It was a Sonnet. I had a Sonnet. Sonnet 3 was my first car. Fantastic. Dear Lord. So I bought it when I was 14 and drove it around my neighborhood, you know, 
when I was 14 and 15 and got my license the day I turned 16 and drove a yeah, Saab Sonnet to high school every day. Somebody should make some kind of statue, <laughs> like car guy memorial statue. Did, did people just think you were really weird? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, especially because I'm a tall guy. You yeah. Know, I'm, you know, I'm over six feet and I don't think the car is as long as I was tall. It's a, they're tiny little cars. Yeah. Um, and of course, the, my next car, uh, true to what Jeremy Clarkson says about being a petrol head, my next car was an Alfa Romeo. No so way. So I had a, I had a 91 Alfa Romeo 164S. I was just going to say 164. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had the Alpha and the Saab at the same time for, you know, a couple years through high school. And I just switched back and forth between the two, which like whichever one worked. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, yeah, yeah. Um, so I drove the Saab a lot more than the Alpha, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay. All right. And then when did you work a third car in to round out the Alpha and Saab failures? Um, pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My, my parents, they convinced me that, well, by convincing me, they, they stopped saving me. Yeah, when I was broke. broken all the time. Okay. So I ended up with literally my grandma's Buick. Oh. So it was a 91 Buick Regal. Okay. And yeah. uh, We're it, taking a turn for the worst. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It worked. So yeah. it, it was like, it was actually motivation to fix okay. Alpha and the Saab. Yeah. Because you'd see it like sitting over there, burgundy, yep. inside yeah, out. It's like on those top gear challenges when they have the <laughs> they have the beetle like lurking in the background. Yeah. It's like dun dun. Yeah. You, know? you appreciate more what you have when you Abs- have to drive something like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So so you you gotta get those fixed so that you know you don't uh-huh. have to drive the Buick. But I kept the Buick for a long time because I can after I sold the the Saab, um I bought a God, what I, I don't even remember what I had next, but I one of the next ones was probably my E30 BMW. Okay, um, and it was it was swapped with the E36 motor, and you know, very was, nice. But that also broke all the Constantly. time. <laughs> yeah. So you know, Buick stayed in existence there. Okay, um, from there. Couple Suzuki Samurais. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. The map. It's, it's, like, like I say, I like the weird. I like the different. Yeah. You know. Okay. D- uh, were any you have to have s- at least one Lada in there. Yeah. Were, nope. the, were, were there any uh, either of the Suzukis? Did they have an engine swap or were they uh, the stock uh, four bagger? Because I've seen Chevy V6s put in those before. I don't think I ever actually ended up driving those. Okay. The first one. Bought. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna build a rock crawler. Okay. You know, yeah. so, so people I, do it. Yeah. So I bought a bunch of tube and cut it all up. It was already a pile, which was, you know, I didn't feel bad about cutting it up. Realized I was like 18 years old, didn't know how to do this. <laughs> Sold everything. Okay. Um. Then got a 95 Range Rover Classic. Oh wow. Okay. I've been. Craigslisting those recently. Oh, they're scary. Yeah. 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 So you were just like, so my other two cars are just, they're just too reliable. <laughs> the Saab Sonnet and the Alpha, they're too reliable and yeah. I need something that's really going to leave me stranded and it can go off road to really fucking stranded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what I did was uh, I took it and I put it on 35s and then I went. Like and, you do. Yeah, uh-huh. of course. I mean, yeah. So yeah. now it's slow as well. Oh, I mean, when you get passed by semi-trucks going up I-70, like, you know that you've done something wrong. But yeah, it absolutely, it allowed me to get very broken and very stuck in very remote places. You yeah, know? okay. You, you break it in Buena Vista. Yeah. And then, oh, buddy. Like, awesome. Yeah. Now I'm in Great. Buena Vista. Yeah. I guess call a chopper? <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh man, that's amazing. Okay, so just just to be clear, you don't tell potential customers your car history before you try to sell them stuff because they're going to be like, "Well, clearly this person lacks judgment." <laughs> right. So no, no. The only the only time that we will go and talk about car history is if I see uh, another crazy person. So so when somebody rolls into my shop in the Range Rover Classic, I yeah. can go say, yeah. "Oh my gosh, you know all these all yeah. these stupid problems that yeah. I had with mine." You know, yeah. we can. We can laugh at how stupid we are together. Right. right. And whenever whenever anyone rolls up in, in a Range Rover Classic, I'm always like, so what's wrong with the other one? <laughs> right. That you've clearly bought to sit right. in the mechanic shop. Well, this and one's and right. the, the funniest part about that is I got into Range Rover Classics with uh, with a good friend of mine that I do all the all of the rock crawl stuff with, mm-hmm. which I'm 
we'll tell you, tell you about that later, but I'm actually building a rock crawler now. Okay. So, and this one hopefully will like work one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so, so he had a Range Rover Classic. His dad had a Range Rover Classic. His cousin had a Range Rover Classic. So then I got one. So then naturally we needed like four parts cars to keep this fleet going. Yeah, okay. So I think okay. at one point in time between the, the four or five of us, whatever, I think there was like 10. Range Rover Classic sitting around the the shop. This is like your father in Maserati by turbos. (laughs) It is. Okay, so my my dad has... I almost bought one of those. I'm I'm so glad I didn't. (laughs) So so I actually, in October, I did a a chump car race, uh, a a 14-hour chump car race uh, with my dad and my uncle and my cousin, in, you didn't use the Maserati because that would have been a two-hour chump car race. We did. did, yeah, we did, and we it actually, made it. And we got ran into like uh, some oh. uh, Mustang used this as a braking zone. Yeah, on the first stint of the first day. <sighs> is it? Is it? Is it appropriate to say something bad about Mustangs, Mustang owners right now? I mean, I- <laughs> go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> this is your promo thing, so yeah, whatever you want to do. Uh, guy's going to be like, I have a Mustang. Now, uh, this guy said something about me. Like, now I can't I can't go get a go-kart from Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is Schmeg Schmelsch from Schmunzer Racing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was to make it worse, it was like a, I think it was a 71 Mach 1. So it was like... It was a legit nice Mustang. That's because it... And the it, dude it, didn't know how to drive it. It, so. it needed to break from, like, Kansas. <laughs> yeah. It was in Wisconsin. Stop, yeah, in order to stop in time to not hit you, so... Yeah, yeah. so he, he had gone sideways and then got traction and, like, speared directly across the track. So there was no gotcha. doubt, like, whose fault it was. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we, we had that happen, and then we had a, an alternator belt break. Uh, but other than that, 14 hours. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But... What you don't see is the three other Maserati by turbos that are in various states of yeah. dis, of disrepair to get the one to get to the where one it is. Yeah, to, the, to where it is. Yeah, yeah. So I I understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Um. So let's let uh, let's talk about uh, unless there's other crazier like a Lamborghini Espada or something else <laughs> in your car history that you want to get into. I kind of wanted to get back to karting a little bit. We can, we can get back to karting. Okay. Um, I have driven a Lamborghini Halpa. What? What is that? that it's is. it's out of the late '80s, like same time frame as a as a Countach. No oh, nice. way. But so was that a was that a sedan? I'm googling. It, Google, yeah. Google. It's it's like a less crazy looking version of the Countach. What was it but like? It's still a, a two door. You know. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? It's got uh, normal doors. It's J A L P A. Oh, okay. Halpa. Okay. I didn't know that's how you pronounce that. Yep. This this is news to Ian and Dave. <laughs> hey, maybe it's not. Yes, yeah. Maybe it's Jalpa. I don't know. No, I think I it's Halpa. I would assume you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen these before. Well, I'm not sure in Italian. Show me a picture, Ian. But wave the it's phone. It's confusing because the Italian company always names their stuff after oh, Spanish yeah. bulls. Uh-huh. Right. So you're probably right. Yeah. It kind of looks yeah. like a. So that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Di Tomasa Pantera. How do you say it, Ian? Di yeah, Tomasa. Similar. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, was it um, was it actually fast or was it just difficult to drive? Uh difficult. Difficult. Yeah. Okay. It was. I. It was quick. Okay. Okay. You know, I mean, it. But honestly, I mean, it's probably the same speed as your modern day. On the Civic. Yeah. It's just how far we've come in. Right? Yeah. In that amount of time. We, yeah, we talk about that all the time, like the fast versus fun thing, uh-huh. you know, yeah. and, and how we're firmly in the fun camp. Yeah. Because even, even in the time, you know, like our cars are of similar vintage, like mine's 2004, my Volkswagen, you can get, and I think your car has a similar zero to 60 times mine, like six, six and a half, Six-ish, six to six yeah. and a half yeah. seconds. Yeah. Like, you can get a, a Corolla. That does that now. Yeah, that's scary. Right? Isn't yeah. that weird? <laughs> and none of us want one. No, because yeah. it's it's a totally yeah. different... It's going to feel differently, yeah. even though it's the same measurable thing that happens. It's the, the sensation is different, you know? So it's always interesting to hear, like, you know, some of those old cars, some of those old, especially performance cars, how they actually yeah. feel to drive. You know, I was, I'm always curious about a 308 because everyone always shits on it for being my slow. My uncle has one. Of course, of course yeah. it does. <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> Have you driven it? Yeah. Do you fit um, in it? He's taller than me. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, my uncle's probably six foot five. Okay. Um, we wedge into it for okay. sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so it's a pleasant experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a lot better than uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to if you've ever even tried mm. to just fit in a Lotus. Uh, I have. I've autocrossed a Lotus Elise. <laughs> yeah, um, my helmet was sticking up from the windshield like just some big dumb ginger thing that <laughs> if we rolled over it would have like roll the thunk. That, the the thunk is my head. Right. Roll the thunk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was very painful to fit in, but a blast to drive. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the 308, I mean, it. it's, yeah, for all intents and purposes, it's pretty slow. Yeah. Is it? But okay. it's it's a Ferrari, and it, there's something about it that still feels like a Ferrari, even though yeah. I think his is a, a late 70s or okay. 74, 5, 6-ish. I don't huh. know. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, uh, <clears throat> let's go back to go-karts. Okay. Circle back. All right. So I want to know a few things, um, and this kind of gets back into normal car driving as well. So um, I, I'm a big fan of autocross from the perspective that it lets you find the limits of the car that you're driving on a daily basis. And I feel very strongly that it makes you a safer driver on the road, like keeping that kind of stuff on the track and knowing what the vehicle can do in certain conditions versus like what you have to do on a daily basis. Can you, can you expand on that as to, especially with getting into karting at a young age, how that makes you or how you've seen that change, how people drive or, you know, things like that. Yeah. I, I think that the, the, the kids I've seen, the kids I've worked with myself included that grew up karting, um, it just seems like they have this natural car control feel that you can kind of hop in anything. And if it goes bad, you know, you have a way of, of saving it. And I also feel like the reaction times are a lot quicker. Okay. Um, so you know, when accidents or things like that start to happen, um, I just feel like the, the, I guess the trained driver Mm -hmm. can, can, you know, react to that a whole lot quicker. Okay. Um, in my personal life, I've had a, uh, a drive through on a, what ended up being a 12 car pileup when I was in my alpha. Holy cow. Coming down I-25. Um, and you know, just did a quick, you know, one way, other way turned through this thing as two cars were crashing in front of me and the next 10 people behind me didn't make it out. That's amazing. So yeah. I, and yeah. I feel like some of that just like, you know, reaction time uh-huh. and, and car control yeah. came from, yeah, just doing it all the time. Yeah. And probably a little bit of luck because like your electrical oh, system for didn't sure. pack up <laughs> at that exact moment, which yeah. is what an Italian car would normally do. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. That's really interesting. See, these are further arguments for you to get a go. I know. Car. I know. I didn't yeah. be yeah. taking notes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, let's see here. So um, from, from go-karts, uh, for some reason, I'm fascinated by like the the sidelines and like the uh, the driver interaction because y- y- you are wheel to wheel and like you guys can make eye contact with each other like during the race, right? Yep. Like, ha- uh, talk about like maybe like how that might be different than other kinds of racing as far as like tempers go or like just like that dri- those driver relationships being so close to each other, like literally like easy, you know, well, easily touching and especially each other. with a such a huge range of ages I yeah think, too yeah. that there would be some big differentials like a yeah, 17 year old is probably going to fly off the handle a lot more than a 60 year old right i mean you know as far as the age the age breaks go there's there's you know there's like four steps until you hit 16 different mm-hmm. different age category breaks you know there's a five to eight eight to 12 so there's a few different you know steps on the way up once you hit 16 it's pretty much open until you're to your 30 okay and oh. yeah the 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 28 year old guy and the 16 year old kid they definitely have a different mindset um but i you know i don't think it's i don't think it's any worse than any other form of racing because when you're actually doing it i mean you're in a suit you're in a helmet you're in your own vehicle Mm -hmm. so even though you're physically closer to other people i don't think it's you know i don't think it's quite like that Um, okay (laughs) though this is this is funny this is something we figured out figured out recently and i figured it out from uh from a, a guy at Unser that that does uh, motocross stuff. Okay. He he told me he goes when you're when you're going to pass somebody, it's like just yell at them. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, 
I, this was so foreign. This is like two years ago. I, so, you know. I'm going to do that to you from now on. Okay. Yeah, assuming I could ever pass you. I'm, I'm like, there's there's no way that, that works. So, you know, we're at the track. I'm working with one of my kids, and I go to pass him, and I just yell, top of the lungs, just rah, just... As I as I passed this kid and he drove off track, <laughs> I was like, "It works! Like, it really just surprises people." I like how you picked a kid that you were coaching as a guinea pig. Why not? <laughs> like that's the only way that I won't get in trouble doing something like this. You know, that's a teaching moment. Right. Yeah, people are going to mess with you, and you're just putting him in that environment, he or she in that environment. That, um, unfortunately, it hasn't caught on yet you okay know, it's not like a nationwide thing where when go-kart racers go to pass each other we yell at each other that's not a real thing but it does you know but work. you're trying to make it a thing we're, we're I, gonna make I it would, stick i would love to see it so you, if you have, guys come to answer and you're on the yeah. indoor track yeah. yell at each other like we're, we can hear you from the track side so it, it is funny we are oh, going to do that because i am from usually now just on. swearing at myself screwed up that corner <laughs> <laughs> we're we're yelling at each other from now on. This is new. All right, yeah. I like uh -huh. it. Yeah. Oh my god. I I love that so much. <laughs> I'm just gonna yell weird things like the balls. <laughs> Applesauce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Um, okay. So let's let's talk about Ian and I racing on the indoor carts at Onser. All right. Okay. Let's talk about getting faster, and let's talk about are two different sizes. I'm six foot four. I'm 200 pounds, right? And Ian is smaller than that. I'm, um, I'm six foot seven uh -huh. and, uh, like 280. <laughs> 280. Yeah. He plays, of, he plays, uh, football on the weekend. Yeah. 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 All of those things were lies. I'm five, eight and like 165. Yeah. Yeah. So like weight distribution on the cart when the adjustments are there, like, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So on the, on the answer carts, a lot of it's going to be, driver preference mm -hmm. i personally hate push i just despise it understeer yeah, yep, you know hate yep. it so even though i'm six foot three uh -huh. i slam my seat pretty much all the way forward that, like that's as far forward as i can get yeah. uh -huh. without my knees yeah. actually hitting the steering wheel yeah. it's like i'm in that lotus elise in the in the yeah. car yeah uh -huh. so that's usually my thing too because i'm the same way i like an oversteery cart right um but i Noticed that the at least with the Unser ones, like when I did that, I didn't have enough weight over the back, and it would be it would be out of control, oversteer all the time. So like I have started moving my seat back more, and it made a big difference for me. So I yep. I think that's why Dave's asking because yeah. I started getting well, a lot I, faster. I, I also tried moving my seat back as well because I'm trying to catch Ian, which is an impossible task, um, and it, it's not working. So I, I'm I'm keeping it forward. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but like you said, driver preference. It it is, and the other thing that that makes a big difference in the karting stuff is is not even necessarily weight, but height does make a difference for sure. Um, the, you know, the taller guys, their weight's going to more directly transfer to the tires because they. I mean, in a go kart, the go kart weighs a couple hundred pounds. You weigh a couple hundred pounds. Mm -hmm. You can move fifty percent of the ballast by moving your body. Okay. So if oh, you got your weight tall. And, right. you know, you lean, say, out in the corner, you're going to put a ton of weight on the outside tires, which is where you need the grip. Okay. Well, and, and gonna, too, like, if you're, I guess if you're tall, one degree, like you doing one degree of lean right. is more effective than me doing one degree right. of lean, right? It, I mean, it's a lever. It's a longer yeah. arm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. So, well, I mean, one of the first habits we try to break in outdoor racing that absolutely applies to indoor racing is we try to eliminate people leaning into the corner. Okay. Um, because that's the instinct is yeah. to, is to oh, lean into absolutely. the corner. I mean, especially yeah. if you have a two-wheel background. Yeah. You have yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you're going to fall off the thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. And I can see how that would be a little bit scary for someone, like, fighting that instinct. Right. The first time that they're trying to do that. I'm trying to do that from now on. Let's, yeah. Well, that, that kind of comes back to, just for a second, the, the safety thing that we were talking about of, like, everything that, uh, you know, whether it's driving or using guns or anything like that training is important because it's so often like the thing that you that is the instinct is the wrong thing to do and that's what training is for right so yeah that's exactly what you're talking about like trying to untrain your brain to do the right thing yeah the thing that's more productive right. for yeah right yeah. okay okay Interesting. 
Yeah, so, that's really cool. Yeah, so we try to get the drivers to be just as neutral and upright as possible. Okay. And uh, if anything, lean just a tiny bit to the outside. Okay. Just a just a just a little bit to the outside, um, just to kind of load the outside tires. You know where you need the grip. Sure. And, uh, huh. That's really interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah. What right. what what else you got? How can how can I be, how, Ian go uh, step out of the blanket for for a little bit? Yeah. G- give me some more advice on how I can. Be, you know this is going to be on the internet, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what what are the big uh, going back to the indoor thing? Uh, the big plateaus that you've seen for people like trying to because I know the big plateau for me was the thirty second barrier and I just got past that. Um, and I know, like my friend Kirby, who I went to the all you can race thing with, um, he did. He he's having trouble breaking like thirty one. Is it? Is it? Are there pretty consistent plateaus, or is everyone different? I uh, I would say, I guess the the most general I can make it, uh, at least in my head, is is it's very easy to shave the big seconds off. Right. Once you start getting fast. And you're say within a half second or one second of you know where you think you need to be. That last second, the last half second, and especially the last couple tenths, those yeah. are the just by far the hardest to get. So yeah, I mean at our track, that that thirty second barrier mm-hmm. is a is a big barrier that people always try to break, and and uh, it's really easy to go from say thirty five to thirty two. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. it's a lot more difficult to get from 32 to 30. And then to get from 30 to 29 is very difficult. Yeah. 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 Okay. Should we play FMK cars? Yeah, we should definitely. Is there anything play- else you want to talk about? Yeah. Before we move on to FMK cars? Oh. You I, want to keep talking about Range Rovers, I know. Oh, Range Rovers. <laughs> Range Rovers. I would drive a brand new one. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, me too. Me too. Especially the sport supercharged one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, away from Range Rovers. I, I got to see what this FMK is all about. All right. Okay, okay. Yeah, you go first, Ian, because I, I think I only have one. Okay. So uh, I'll go ahead and describe FMK cars again. Yeah, do it. Uh, so the it's a game Ian and I play. Uh, I think we invented it. Not sure. Hashtag trademark, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we started playing it on Twitter one day when I was bored at a conference in L.A. And um, so it's the game FMK, Fuck, Mary Kill, where you have three people that you assign one of those things to um we do it with cars without engaging in coitus with the cars <laughs> i just wanted to say <laughs> unless you really want to well hey that's up to yeah. you and you might get uninvited from the podcast <laughs> we, we've edited ian out of the podcast <laughs> um yeah so uh so the f is you get to drive it for a day and typically we think about like what you'd like to do for the day you're gonna autocross uh there was one that ian had where he uh was uh he had a lamborghini countach for a day so he and a bunch of other male strippers in uh man not other male strippers that makes me sound like i'm a male stripper that would go poorly people are just throwing pennies at me uh they would go around antiquing for the day um you know things like that uh M, Mary, uh, that is your new daily driver, warts and all. So you have to deal with engine bay fires in your uh, Jaguar X. I have one of those in my Alpha. Oh, my God. <laughs> engine bay fire. I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was it just an electrical short or what happened? Yeah. It uh, had some leaky injectors and then some exposed wires. <laughs> When you combined all that, there was a fire. So that was fun. I was close to my house, okay. and I ran like four blocks grabbed a fire extinguisher, ran back like four blocks, put it out. Oh, my God. And then drove something else for the next year or two (laughs) before I fixed it. That's fantastic. (laughs) Oh, my God. It seems like you've lived... 70 of our car guy lives. Like, (laughs) I've had a bad experience in general with cars. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I always tell my wife that I have, like, bad luck with cars, and she's like, that is a 100% self-induced. Like, you made terrible Uh decisions. I was like, well, yeah. Yeah, there's some masochism involved with it. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. The big one that I had that was bad, and it relates to your story with having the Buick, like, in reserve. For a short (laughs) period of time, I had an overlap where I had, um, like, a 95 Saturn, um, and those things are, like, 
just they're like cockroaches. They will not die. He and he won't shut up about the Saturn. <laughs> and they won't. They, but they like they just exist, and they will never die. I actually think it'd be really fun to start a spec race with just Saturn SLs. This is the ninth time he's told me about. Anyway, this. Yeah. but the, at the same time, I had a ninety-one Ford Taurus SHO <laughs> that was just a nightmare of problems, just nonstop. Yeah, but it was hilarious and, and yeah, fun but don't yeah. want to drive the saturn in the meantime right yeah, you know. yeah. uh anyway, right. let, let's see where were we F- 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 i think we're at k k yeah uh k is you kill it you send it to the crusher immediately so if somebody gives you a pontiac aztec you're killing it you know to take to do. absolutely you know what to do all right ian go ahead and lay down some fmk first okay so um i like to i like to come up with titles for mine so mine is handles like a cliche Cars that were actually said to have go-kart-like handling in published reviews. Um, so, I don't know if you read a lot of car reviews like I do, but, like, that's always something that, like, it handles like a go-kart, and right. it's never true. Bullshit. Right. Yeah. So, um, I have to say M for the simple fact that I drive a Mini. Well, okay, but hold on. I'm going to give you three options. Oh, there's three options. Yes. Oh, yep. yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. So, yep. I'm going to give you three options. And so these are all cars that I found with, like, two minutes of Googling, because that's my maximum... (laughs) (laughs) Attention span. Yeah, it's my maximum preparation time for any of this stuff. Um, That I found reviews where where the reviewer said that it had go-kart-like handling. Gotcha. Okay. So the first one is... And I'm going to go from less egregious to most egregious. (laughs) (laughs) Use of that cliche. So the first one is a 2014 Honda Fit. Okay. Yeah, there's no catch okay. with this or yeah. anything. Just a just, 2014 Honda just that, Fit. That silence says it all, right there. Yeah, yeah. you're kind of waiting for like a Type R. No, nope. is there a cool version? I don't nope. think there is. Nope. You know what? Of thing. that class, though, that's the one I would. Well, no, the Fiesta. I'd have the Fiesta. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So 2013 Mini Cooper. Don't get too excited. Wait for it. Paceman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, our guest has just left the blanket for it. Yeah. <laughs> We've the, made the look on my face grimace. right now. Yeah. <laughs> the last one, I'm really sorry to do this to you. 2009 Smart 4-2 Passion Coupe. Somebody actually said a Smart handled like a Smart car, or handled like a go-kart. Have you what, ever is dr- a, what is a Passion Coupe? You know, I didn't know that either, but th- it's this one. <laughs> that should be um, their marketing slogan. It's the same it, one. I think it's a it trim It looks level. like every other Smart car I've ever seen. It's a trim. I want to take the smart car for a day, okay, for sure. Hey, have you driven a smart car? Uh, I have not, but I'm, I'm going to cut you off right here. You're not allowed to put a Hayabusa engine. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> what I what I want to do with it because I've seen this done before is I want to just flip it on its trunk. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, and like I I just feel bad doing it to somebody else's smart car. Okay. None but of my yours. friends like roll in smart car circles. We right. don't have smart cars. Right. You know, you can't do it to car to go. So definitely right. take it for a day. Put it, uh, uh, you know, on its trunk. Yeah, it it would be very like satisfying it. to lift a car up like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that uh, leaves you with the Honda Fit or the Mini Cooper Paceman, I, I, which the Paceman is like X six M levels of just unnecessary. I, first of all, I I just love the fact that like, okay, we're gonna give you this the keys to this smart car for a day, and you just, you just take the keys, like throw them <laughs> Not away. Not gonna need those. <laughs> <laughs> Walk over, flip the smart car. Like, all right, who wants to go get espresso? I've got twenty-three hours, fifty-nine minutes, and fifteen seconds to count. How many people can I get to come laugh at what we just did in this smart car in the yeah. next twenty-three hours? Yeah. Okay, all right, um, okay. thank you. I, so, to refresh everyone's memory, the paceman oh. is basically the countryman, but the two-door version. So it's it's extra dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's extra dumb. Uh, I, I have to... In all its glory. Stop hitting, oh stop hitting Matt. I, I have to kill it. Yeah? Yeah, it's... Right. The, the, the problem with it is it's called a mini and it lies to you. Yeah. Because it's not. I'll agree with that. So I guess that means that I get to drive a 2014 Honda Fit. That yeah. that is correct. That is correct. So I can think of a lot less economical. Like that would probably be the smartest car for me to 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 actually own that I ever have because yeah. it probably won't break. No. Uh, it it probably gets pretty good gas mileage. You know, 
Yeah, and they're actually take, like take your laptop off the wires there. Oh. Hey, there we go. Oh, All sorry, right. that's okay. Um, they actually like swallow a whole lot of stuff too. I have friends that are filmmakers, and they get crazy amounts of gear in theirs. I mean, they they always come to me for car buying advice, and I always tell them like. Buy an Alfa Romeo 164. You don't like oh, it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, just stupid shit. And they're like, oh, okay. And then ignore me. And, and then go buy a Honda Fit. Honda Fits, yeah. so, which is good. I, I do like it from a utilitarian perspective. It does seem like something that, you know, yeah. I wouldn't hate driving every day Not a if bad. I had to. Not a bad choice. I think you've, I think you've chosen well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, would you go hella flush with it? <laughs> uh, no. No. Yeah. yeah I, no. Say, I say that because I saw hella flush uh, stands Honda Civic driving down the street today, bouncing all over the place. And I just, uh, yeah. Um, yeah I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you if you have any friends that are stance bros, but yeah. Yeah, we, we all have a couple. Yeah. <laughs> There's always one. <laughs> Okay, so this is going to be one of the ones that we have uh, with a catch. This is not karting related. This is just something I thought of. So uh, this the title for this one is called Who Does That? And so uh, the theme is, uh, for some reason, I don't know why I put these two together, European and Japanese luxury barges and odd male bathroom etiquette behavior, right? <laughs> I, yeah, uh, the baffled look on your face says it all. So I don't understand why men in public restrooms do certain things like, um, like talk. No one needs to talk in the restroom. Nope. Right. Okay. So there's, there's some odd bathroom etiquette behaviors that just need to be shut down. Right. Unfortunately, with this, with the cars that you take, you, you now do those things. That, right? this, okay, so there's right. a big catch. Yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> gotcha. I'm sorry. Okay, so for the first one, uh, the the car is an Audi S8, the first generation Audi S8 with a manual transmission, like the Ronin one. Yeah, the yes. Ronin one. Yeah. Cat. Okay. Unfortunately, whenever you go to a public restroom and there's somebody at a stall, you take the stall right next to them, even if there's like 90 Ten other other. Yes. Yeah. yeah you're that okay. guy, right? Who oh, does that? You have to, you have to observe every other protocol. <laughs> every other is the, is the minimum. All right. Then next Period. we have a Maserati Quattro Porte. All right. Okay. Maybe it's engine bay is going to catch on fire. We don't know. It's right? going to look good. <laughs> yeah. On fire or not. Right. Right. I love them. I want to put a bike rack on one. Uh, but in this scenario, you're a bathroom talker. You just can't turn it off. You just have to talk to whoever's in there. Or if no one's in there, you're just talking on your own. Okay. All right. And then the last one, and this is the most baffling male bathroom behavior to me. I don't understand it. The car is a Hyundai Equus. Okay. It's that big Hyundai that they yep. made with the V8, right? You're the no hands guy in this scenario. I don't know if you've ever seen a man at a urinal do this and just like <laughs> hands at the hips, right? Like no hands. Or, or this one's my favorite too, the the stop and frisk. Yeah. They're doing the stop and frisk. I don't urinal. understand how the physics of that works without you urinating on yourself. Is I don't want to know how it works, but the fact of the matter is no hands guy exists. My geom- my high school geometry teacher was a no hands guy. He had chalk on his pants and he used no hands in the bathroom when well, he peed. Maybe you should have stopped breaking into the faculty restroom. Babe. That would have been a good idea. They had very soothing wallpaper <laughs> so so you have an audi s8 manual you have to take the stall right next to someone quattro porte you're a talker Hyundai equus you're the no hands guy but you don't have to be next to anybody and you don't have to say anything you're just the no hands guy <laughs> you can go in glory <laughs> all by yourself no one needs to see so i i think I mean, the car definitely sways, you know, definitely makes me lean one direction. But the one I can most easily deal with is going to be the Maserati having full-blown conversations with people <laughs> while I'm peeing. Okay. Yeah, you know, I All can right. probably deal with that. Okay. <laughs> um, so is that, are you marrying, you're putting a ring yeah, on the Maserati? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Absolutely. All right. And then you're going to tell everyone in the restroom about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And what the latest repair bill looked like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at least everyone will know that I drive a Maserati Quattroporte. That's true. Right? That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and like it, it wasn't flashy enough. Yeah, you, know? you yeah. thought this through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
after that, I would say, you know, I don't think if I can do the no hands thing like let's, all the time, you know, let, so that one might have to be a, a day, but okay. Let's, let's just say like for, for the sake of this, when you are doing no hands guy, you, everything just happens to work out. Like <laughs> you're not wet, no hands guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, like it must for these individuals, otherwise they wouldn't do it. It it works, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I'd say for a day, we're we're gonna have to just go back to the cars because uh, you know I, you kind of want the opportunity to drive the Audi. Yeah. Right. It's got yeah. a manual in it. Right. Um, something that big with a manual. Yeah, and it's not something that you can go to the dealership and test drive. Like right. If I want to drive in yep. in the Hyundai that. Is it the Equ- Equus? Equus. Oh, yeah. My girlfriend bought a Hyundai recently. I um, murdered the pronunciation. Of the, <laughs> I think I call it the Acus. So the Equus. And they were like, what? What is that? <laughs> but yeah, I could go drive one of those at a dealership. So right. okay. I'd say we're going to okay. we're gonna kill the guy that doesn't use his hands. Okay. We're going to kill the Hyundai. Yep. And uh, we'll drive the, drive the Audi for a day. I okay. Like All, All right. right. How would you answer that, Ian? Or, and is there a, a male bathroom etiquette behavior that I didn't think of that pisses you off? So it's not the stall, the every other stall. It's uh-huh. the every other urinal okay. thing that, uh-huh. that gets to me. Yeah. And hey, I'm sorry. That's what I meant was the every other urinal. Yeah. yeah. So it's like yeah. when there's when you're, when there's three uh-huh. urinals available. One of them is going to be the short one. That's fine. I'll, I'll even volunteer to take the short one. No, I'm, I'm talking about a situation. They're all equal height. Okay. Three of them. I'm in... The far one of the far ones, yes, like a civilized fucking human being, <laughs> you take the other far one. You take yeah. the other. No, you pull up right next to them. That's not cool. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like the guy that you know he has his nice car. He goes and he parks it in the corner of the parking lot, and then the dude with the minivan goes and parks right next to him. Well, that's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, hey, same thing though, right? Yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, so for some reason, I had this like play in my head when i went to the restroom recently so there were uh, there was no other option i had to take the middle stall the other two were occupied i fought the urge to just go hey guys yeah (laughs) middle stall and hold (laughs) both hands up for high fives what no one no one you don't want any of this all right yeah so i so i didn't do it that's something i did not do yeah yeah so I, I used to be in the military a long, long time ago, and we had this sergeant who would – and he was being completely genuine. He didn't have an ironic bone in his body. He would pull up next to you at the urinal because we, we, we only had two. He'd pull up next to you at the urinal and just stare at you until you made eye contact. And then as soon as you did, he'd go, huh? You know, like try to psych you up, I guess. I don't know. It was super weird, but yeah. yeah <laughs> Male bathroom etiquette behavior. It's so, it's odd. Yeah. It yeah. is weird. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You do, do one more, Ian. All right. I'm going to do one more. Okay. Uh, this one is race related and doesn't involve penises in any way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you're off the hook. Okay. So this one is called, we don't need no stinking trailers, vintage race transporters. So... This is to tow your your carts and whatever various broken exotic automobiles you have laying around the house. Yep. Um, in style. In style. I love I love old race transporters. Yeah. They're so they're so yeah. amazing. Yeah. They're the greatest. Okay, so this first one is super cool. Um, it's called the Cheetah Transporter. It's called the Cheetah. <clears throat> it's called the Cheetah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just stop there. Mary. But, so it's it's. It was some dude who uh, – so Mercedes kind of started this thing like in the late 50s, early 60s where they would build uh, racing transporters that were like almost like bus-shaped. Um, so you wouldn't have to have a trailer because like driving fast on the Autobahn and shit, trailers are not exactly – I was going to say trailers are for garbage people. Right. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Prolo used trailers, right? So this American dude – thought like, well, oh, I want to do that too. So he started with uh, Mercedes-Benz 300S sedan chassis, uh, put a Corvette engine in it, and then put the front clip of an El Camino on (laughs) on the front, and then extended, then made the whole thing longer, and this is what it looks like. So everyone, everyone at home, Google Cheetah Transporter. Yeah. Just so you know, it does not look 
like a cheetah. <laughs> no, not at all. But it is like super like it's pretty interesting. Yeah, like fifties, and you have to imagine too. There's a race car in the back of it, right? You know, which is pretty badass. Uh, well, there you go. There's, there you there's, go. There's a race car on the back, and uh, what is it? Hemmings has a really great post on it. Uh, it's kind of like this lost uh, sort of thing. That's okay. cool. Yeah, we should tweet a link a link to the Hemmings article. We should do that. We will definitely remember to do that. Yeah. And, oh, and here's here's how it looks today. But we'll say it's fully restored. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in its glory. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's called the cheetah. It's called. I, for some reason, I noticed that that car doesn't have a grill, right? And I'm kind of fascinated with cars that don't have grills. Like, what's the Infinity? Like the well, older... it's like mid-engine too. Yeah. So like, the like the older M45 or <laughs> M40 maybe that just has like there's no grill, and there's like, older Volkswagens that have very minimal grills. I don't right. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm kind of fascinated with those. Yeah, though they're cool. Yeah, and I mean they run hot probably because air. You know, <laughs> yeah, because air. you need it. Yeah. <laughs> so this one, this one, oh God, I opened PowerPoint. I don't want PowerPoint. Go away. Um, so this one is a little bit more uh, bust looking, but it's also very elegant and, and just like 60s cool. So this is a 1960, uh, the Calmer TS3, three car transporter, and it's the Ikuri Ikasi. Dear God, this well, is worse than the passion yeah, fruit doing, smart car. Not doing well, um, but it's their raced livery one, uh, and it's just very pretty. It was sold at auction for many, many millions of dollars recently. Wow! There you go. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, right? Like beautiful wood interior, and you know, ten out of so, ten wood transport. Yeah, yeah, and I'm taking it. Two cars go. In it, one goes on the roof or the other way around. Two cars up on yeah, the roof. Yeah, I think it's one car. Two cars enter. <laughs> I think you're exactly right. So I think one, yeah, two cars go underneath and then one, or no, one car underneath and two cars on top. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, cool. But it's really, got it's got to look cool going down the road with two race cars sitting on the top, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I mean, obviously, if you can afford this, you're going to the Goodwood Revival, right? And you're going to and have, your cars match it. They're really, you yeah. know, spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Your outfit matches it, mm-hmm. and your driver's outfit matches the whole the whole thing, yeah. right? You're just a tweety motherfucker <laughs> driving that car. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Head to toe. Yes. All right. So the third one, and then you know, you can probably you could probably get three cars and a go kart in there, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So this this next one, or I don't, like twelve go karts. <laughs> yeah, you could have a whole race series. Yes, yeah, uh-huh. on this bus. Yeah, yeah, and you just unload in like city centers and just do impromptu races. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, bandit uh, go kart races. Yeah. That oh would my be, god, that'd be awesome. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Listeners, please start the Kickstarter for Ian and I's bail money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. That's a gorgeous car. Yeah. So this next one is actually really hard to find information on. Uh, it's called the Pegaso B- Bacalalo. Man, this episode has Dude. not been good for pronunciations. Yeah. But basically, it is a a totally enclosed race transporter, um, and it's very pretty looking. Uh, it is also kind of 1960s cool. Okay. Uh, it's a Spanish race team's race transporter so a race car goes in the back of that gotcha not but it's kind of got this cool like old like alpha nose to it that swooping line yeah 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 these these guys they they invented the sprinter van in like the 60s yeah it looked cool yeah yeah essentially (laughs) yeah yeah, it's got that like teardrop shape to it and like none of that's necessary (laughs) to do what they need to do i just love that like i have a you know, a list of requirements I need to make meet. I'm going to do that, but then I'm also going to make it look cool. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so it, those are your three choices. I mean, uh, the article headline, you know, it compares it to the, to the future liner, which was the, the vehicles that GM came out with as yeah. concepts. Yep. It's, yep. it's similar for sure. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And, uh, Hemmings again, has a really great article on this. And, uh, uh Jalopnik has a great rundown of like top 10 race transporters. I think one of these wasn't on that list. Huh. Uh, okay. Uh, the middle one was not on that list, uh, but I remember reading about it. So yeah. All right. So those are the choices. Those are your, those are your choices. There's no catches this time. No. No catches this time. No bathroom behavior. <sighs> well, we have to kill the cheetah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the reasoning behind that. I I kind of thought 
when we were, because I figured the cheetah was not, when I put this together, I figured the cheetah wasn't long for this world. But then when you were talking about like your kind of like weird tastes and stuff, and how what a glutton for punishment you are! I was like, ooh, a one-off <laughs> mashup of three cars. We're in and business. It's an El Camino. Yeah. Let's not overlook. That. <laughs> but yeah, let's hear your reasoning. I mean, when you compare it to the other two, like yeah. the other, someone thought a lot about the other two, yeah. and then the Cheetah, they were like, ah, you know, I need a car that's roughly this size, and yeah. then they found the first one of those that was available. Yeah, ah, I need some horsepower. Ha, ah, let's go with the GM. You yeah, know? so. Yeah, it's just not as well put together. I, I think the, the cheetah, they were like, we can, we could do this instead of we should do this. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's total like backyard engineering, yeah. which yeah. is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I think the four day would be the the second one that we saw, the one that held three cars, the, yeah. the big bus. Yeah. Um, and that day would have to be going to, you know, Monterey the yes. historic races or going to Goodwood Festival Speed, oh, something like that yeah. Yeah. with a truckload of just cool stuff. Or, you know, basically just a day of running from the auctioneer before they figure out that you don't, in fact, have $30 million. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and that puts the that puts the the Spanish, whatever it was called, the van-looking <laughs> thing. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that one, you, you could actually deal with that. On yeah. a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that would be like the least creepy raper van on the street. <laughs> <laughs> free candy. Don't make it weird. Yeah. I love <laughs> it. And then you legitimately get free candy from that person. There wow, you go. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And you would have to be like impeccably dressed driving that as well. Yeah. Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. All very the time. Pointy shoes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, so let's see. So should we run down <laughs> plugs for you know uh, the organizations that you work with and and what you do? Like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Okay. Um, I mean, basically, you know, just definitely just come see us at Answer. Try the indoor carts out. Um, plan to spend an afternoon there. It's it's most fun if you can do you know three four races yeah. in a day. Yeah. So definitely definitely come down and and do it when you have three 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 hours to kill. You know, if you have 30 minutes on your lunch break, you can get a race snuck in. But uh, definitely come see us and and come, you know, check that out. We're on the north side of Denver, right on the corner of uh, Highway 36 and I-25. Uh, UnserCarting.com. Check us out, and uh, and all the information for the cart shop is uh, is on Unser's website as well. Um, and my contact information is all there too. Um, once uh, once the snow clears and it hits summertime. You know, come out to one of the outdoor tracks and uh, yeah. and watch a race. You know, actually come to a race, and and that's how you get a good idea for for what really goes on there. That's yeah, that's right really on. cool. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to come watch a race. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll do your plugs, Ian. Okay, thanks, uh, Dave. Uh, Ian hates doing his own plugs, so <laughs> you can follow Ian on Instagram and Twitter at I Roll So Hard E Y E Roll So Hard. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Nuck Nuck Goose. And you can follow all of us on uh, at Team Clearcoat on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. Uh, you can email us at teamclearcoat at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So it, I, we, we're so glad that you came by to talk to us today. It's so awesome. Absolutely. It's been fun. Thank yeah. you guys for having me. Yeah. Right. Thanks, everyone. 